0: Come now to the Lord's table, which is a central reason why we come here to remember Christ and what he's done for us, and to partake together in communion and fellowship with one another and with God. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, and uh, starting in verse 7, speaking of Christ who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. I want to focus on the obedience of Christ as our example in the things that he suffered. I want to contrast first. The obedience with Christ of Christ with the disobedience of Israel. In Exodus chapter twenty-four, we read about how Moses had read the words of the covenant to them. He had gone up to the mountain and got the Ten Commandments, and, and God had told him all these things that he had written down, and he was to tell the people. In Exodus twenty-four three, Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people answered with one voice and said all the words which the Lord hath said will we do and then down to verse 7 and Moses had taken blood and sprinkled it all over the all over them on the altar and the book and he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people and they said all that the Lord hath said will we do and be obedient well we will read later that they were not obedient. And throughout their whole history, it was based on, like Brother Robert pointed out, do and live. If you do this, you'll live. And so they had these wonderful laws. The problem was not with the law. The problem was with the people. They couldn't keep it. None of us can keep it. But I want to contrast the disobedience with Israel with the obedience of Christ. Now, the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 42, this is the reason that they went into captivity. Isaiah 42, 24. Speaking of God, who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers, did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient to his law. After they went into captivity in Babylon, and they actually praise God. Were returned, and in Nehemiah, he was back in Jerusalem, rebuilding the city and the the walls, particularly. And in Nehemiah chapter nine, he gives a history of Israel. And he he read the book, and he he recounts all the way from Abraham how he brought him from Ur of the Chaldees all the way through the history. They were in Egypt. They brought out, came out of Egypt through the Red Sea, and in the wandering in the wilderness and he comes down to verse 26 nevertheless they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs and slew thy prophets which testified against them to turn them to thee and they wrought great provocations i want to contrast the obedience of christ with the disobedience of the house of israel and in romans 10:21 Paul is pointing out how Israel was disobedient and that opened up the door for the Gentiles to be saved. Romans 10.21, To Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and a gainsaying people. He's quoting Isaiah 65, verse 2, where he calls them a rebellious people. I want to contrast the rebellion of Israel and all those people under the law with the obedience of Christ and the things he suffered. More importantly, I want to contrast the obedience of Christ with the disobedience of one man. In Romans chapter 5, we're talking about the first man, Adam, who was given a commandment and he disobeyed it. Yeah. Let's read in Romans chapter 5, verse 14. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense, we're talking of Adam there, one man's offense, death reigned by one, mm-hmm. much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life mm-hmm. by one, Amen. Jesus Christ. Now we're contrasting Jesus with Adam. Adam's disobedience and his transgression led to the fall of and everyone under condemnation, even those who were not under the law, but contrasted with the righteousness of Jesus, who suffered and died on the cross, in his obedience. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, the many there is... Actually, all were made sinners. Is contrast one and many. As by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Amen. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Yes, amen. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. What a contrast what Adam did through his disobedience and sin and not keeping the commandment God had given him to the obedience of Christ and the things that he suffered. We see that Adam was a figure of Christ, a figure of him that was to come, verse Romans 5, 14. And he, he was disobedient, but I want to point out that the result of that transgression was Death. And all concluded under unrighteousness. But Romans 5:15, the gift by grace which by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abandoned unto many. we contrast the offense of Adam and the obedience of Christ, disobedience and obedience. I praise God that Jesus was obedient in the things that he suffered. Amen. Amen. We read in Philippians chapter 2. to undo the disobedience of one man and now since it's infected every single person the sins of every single person had to be put on Christ to to, to get rid of them the obedience of death on the cross now Christ himself knew of his suffering and repeatedly he told his disciples about the suffering Mm -hmm. when they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration his disciples asked him about Elijah Elias, Matthew 17:12. Jesus said, Elias, this is come already. And they knew him not, but they have done unto him whatsoever he listed. Likewise also shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Repeated again in Mark 9, 12. He must suffer many things and be said at naught. So Christ predicted, he knew that this was his mission in life. It was stamped on him indelibly. He was intimately aware of his mission to suffer and to be obedient to the cross. Mark 8, 31, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He predicted this. Again in Luke nine twenty two, the Son of Man must suffer many things. In Matthew 16, he said it must suffer many things of the chief priests and scribes. Now, later, he's teaching them the contrast between the, the day of the Son of Man. When they will look for the Son of Man, they won't find him. But then he says, first, he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. Amen. Now, at the his last night of his life before he was crucified mm-hmm. with his disciples, he said, with desire have I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He knew it was coming quickly. Yes, amen. Luke 22, 15. So that night he went out with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane and he he prayed mm-hmm. three separate times for an hour. He suffered in the garden. Yeah. He bled great drops of blood saying, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But he was obedient. He was obedient. Amen. They took him and they mocked him and they scourged him and they they spat on him and they... They scorned him. They they scourged him and they put him on a cross. But then God put on him the sins of all the world. And he was rejected by God and cursed by God. And yet he was obedient to the cross. And he suffered. He suffered at the hands of his own father. God rejoiced to see him suffering. Not just for the suffering for no reason. He was... There's a reason that Christ suffered, to make us righteous. It pleased God to see Him, His Son, suffer, and Christ was obedient through all of it. On the, after He rose from the dead, after this was all over, now Jesus appeared to the two walking to Emmaus, and He opened their eyes, and He told them, "Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory?" Praise God, he was obedient and has now entered into the glory. Yes. In the, that first day, he was in the midst of the disciples. And he said, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. He knew all this was happening, and now he's telling them that it did happen. And this was the core of the preaching of the apostles. Peter himself said he was a witness of the suffering of Christ. That's 1 Peter 5.1. He was a witness of the sufferings of Christ. Peter also said, Because for as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, Mm -hmm. arm yourselves with the same mind, for he that has suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. There's a preaching of the apostles. But I want to point out to you that Christ, as a son, learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And he's our example. When he suffered, we follow in his footsteps. When we suffer, we also are obedient. We, we have his example to continue to be obedient. Now, a, a priest, when they, under the law, when they offered a sacrifice, I offered a sacrifice first for themselves because they were sinner, and then for the other people. Christ was sinless. He didn't have to offer a sacrifice for himself. But he can sympathize with our weaknesses because he suffered. He knows how hard it is to be obedient in the midst of trials and tribulations and suffering. And he can sympathize with us because he suffered. Now he can have mercy on us. There's purpose for Christ's suffering. In Hebrews 9.26, it says this purpose of the suffering was to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Praise God he was obedient to the cross. In Hebrews 13.12, he suffered outside the gate for the purpose of that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. It says in 1 Peter 3.18, Christ once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. Here's his purpose, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So we have the purpose of being brought to God, sanctified, have our sins removed. I praise God that Jesus suffered and learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He's our example to follow in his footsteps because He suffered. We follow in his footsteps. Brethren, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says this, We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect, through suffering. There was a reason for the suffering. And we read further in Hebrews chapter 2, 18. He himself suffered being tempted and he is able to succor those, them that are tempted. Mm-hmm. So now we we can go to him for help. Mm-hmm. And because he suffered, yes. he is able to understand us and give us help when we have a need and we're suffering and being tempted i praise god that jesus did go to the cross he did not shrink back but he was obedient and it took away the disobedience of adam i'm thankful to be here together to fellowship around the lord's table and remember what christ has done in his obedience to the death of the cross let's pray dear heavenly father I thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you that he is our example. Mm-hmm. That he, he knew how much it would cost to be cursed, to be made a curse, to have all the sin put on him. But he, he was obedient in the midst of the suffering. And, Lord, you brought him through. And now he is at your right hand being glorified and ministering and interceding for us. And Lord, I'm thankful for everything that Christ has done. and I wish I could see more of it, and I'm just thankful that we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, sanctifying us and cleansing us. As we gather around this table, Lord, we want to be unified in our hearts and minds in the peace of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I'm thankful for his suffering on the cross. Amen.